When I communicate, I'm going to communicate to you under the anointing. Even though I walk in the anointing doesn't mean I don't make a mistake. Sometimes my, my language can be Nepali English, not your English. You know, it's like the Paul preaching whole night and somebody falls asleep and then you know what happens. The, he falls from the window. Paul goes back and raises that person if you read Book of Acts. So you can preach in anointing and still people can fall asleep. Uh, you also see the John in the book of Revelation. He sees the vision and the uh, angel is taking him from one place to another. And what happens is he starts bow down to the angel. Angel said, no, no, not me. You can be anointing and still make a mistake. But I'm not trying to make an excuse to you. So if you don't understand the words, my language, please ask me later. Uh, uh, back there, I just want to read uh, some Bible verses with you before I go ahead and, and uh, share some of the things that is in my heart that God wants me to speak to you. And uh, So if you can put those scriptures in the screen. This morning, a couple of things that is still resonating in my heart is the bishop said, it's the year of new beginning. It's the year, blessed year. Blessed in our life, blessed in our job, blessed in our church, blessed in our families, blessed in our city. And I want I thought that was such a powerful prophetic word because this is going to be a year that is going to be blessed for me and for all of us, for this church. And this is going to be the year of the new beginning. And I, the whole thing I'm going to be talking to you is this is going to be a year of the Lord, year of the Lord's jubilee. And I'm going to talk to you a couple of things, regardless wherever I come from, the ministry or the testimony. This is going to be ear to know that you are called and chosen. This is going to be the ear to know that you are anointed. You already know these things. This is going to be the ear for you to fight your doubt and discouragement. And this is going to be the year for you not to give up. These are the four things I'll be talking to you, regardless which angle I come from. Let's read this scripture. Luke chapter 4, verse 18, 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to the heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is particularly prophecy about Jesus. Way back, Genesis 3, it's a prophecy about Son of God coming. 
And I, I'm going to tell you that this is what Jesus has left us with, given us with, through the Holy Ghost. And he clearly said in John, Gospel of John, you will do these works and even bigger and greater works. So he has left us with the Holy Ghost, and this is wonderful that you are here tonight under the presence and the power of God. And so this is awesome scripture. The other scripture, let's go back and see if you got the other one. I'm going to be touching John the Baptist's life a little bit. John chapter 1, verse 29 through 34. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. He remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with the water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending, and remaining on him, this is who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. It's a John speaking about Jesus. Let's read one more Bible. Uh, Bible uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 1 to 18. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell the John the things which you heard and see. The blind see and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is who, he who is not offended of, because of me. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind, but what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments. Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's house. But what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. And, and read that, and this is what Jesus said. Among those born of, born of woman, 
there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. I'll be coming back on that scripture later. If you can put the other, other one, uh, CFA. That's me, uh, my wife from Norway. I need to tell you, I got the best woman in the whole world. Well, you can be jealous of that, but I can't help you with that. Uh, my daughter, Rebecca, Samuel, and youngest one, Sarah. Uh, this is the land where I am from. I'm from Nepal, and it's good to know I think Pastor just, just asked some of you to raise hands. How many of you knew where Nepal was? This is in between China and India. Nepal is not part of India. It is in between China and India. Uh, China has the largest population on earth. And in a few years from now, India is going to top that population. So we are crammed in between the biggest two lands in terms of population in the world. Nepal has one of the most strange flag, rectangle. Um, that's the only flag we see in the world. It's unique. Some of you might have heard this that we have the eight tallest mountains in the world out of 10. Actually, I did not come here to preach about mountains, but I just want people to know a little bit about me, what I do, and then I will go back to the text. Uh, Mount Everest, 8,848 meters high, 29,000 feet. Massive mountains. We have a Mount Everest, Mount Kanchanjunga, third tallest in the world, first tallest in the world. And uh, are, that's a land of Mount Everest. I don't know if you have heard the term Gorkhas. Uh, Nepalese still work and are part of Gork, uh, British Regiment, Brunei, Singapore, India, Sing a uh, lot of these countries. Because when British took over India, they could not take over Nepal, so they made a treaty, and they employed or they had these Nepalese guys come and fight for them. So Brit we Nepalese Gorkhas fought for uh, British in uh, First World War, Second World War. So the unique thing about that little land is we were never under any uh, colonization or so. If, if you ever go to India or Nepal, people will say namaste 
Literally, that means I worship God inside you. I greet God inside of you. It's a Hindu thing. You might have heard the word Buddhism or Buddhist. Uh, Buddha comes from, and he was born in Nepal. So that's where the origin of Buddhism is. If you've been to your Publix or Walmart or some of the biggest stores, this is how our Walmart looks like. Cow is a sacred animal. If you ever take a mission trip to Nepal, the best thing is eat all the cow's meat here before you go there. Because down there, it is 23 years life imprisonment if you kill the cow. Yes, we do need Jesus. Chickens are fine. Nepal is the only land in earth they worship gods, some particular god, god as a living god says. They worship as long as that living God says does not get the menstrual period. When she gets the menstrual period, they remove her. So it's, it's a land of living God says. And the sad part of that is once she gets the uh, this uh, menstrual uh, period, she cannot stay in the same home so she actually has to move in a little cottage. So a lot of girls die with the fear because they are removed from the house. This is where our ministry base, this is where we live. This city is a little bigger than this. We have four million people. World Hindu Federation office is in Kathmandu, where we are from. The country has 80% Hinduism, 15% Buddhism. Um, the city we live in has 4,000 Hindu temples. It's very dark stronghold of enemy. This is what we work with, uh, different ministries. Uh, we, we, we try to help everything we can. And this is what I believe, the church has to be light and salt in the society. If you are looking for books to read for New Year, go and find a book of James and read it. It's a really good book. It helps you how to speak. It helps you how to minister in the church. It helps you how to function in the society. It helps you, your attitude toward uh, how to approach people. So one of the things, we, we have an elderly home, a small one, because a few years back I was preaching in the South Nepal in one of the church that I helped them to start way back And there was a bigger lady in her 
late 60s with skin and bones, everybody passed. And she was begging. Unfortunately, our culture, the, you know, the, our culture should be that the, we kids should be supposed to take care of the old people, the elderly people. Unfortunately, it doesn't go that way always. Um, I came back after preaching. I talked to the pastor. I was quite disappointed to be in the church because the church was just not doing anything. She just had her little cottage next to the church. I told my wife, we need to do something for the old people. Because I, have, I, I, I said, it's enough. I can't handle this. This is too much. And I see this pain always, every time I see. That was one. Other, other time was, when I was a child, I saw a, a young young boy mistreating his grandma or so, and it always put a picture in my head and said, we need to do something to the widows, old people. So we started an elderly home. Uh, a lot of people have never heard the name of Jesus in Nepal. They, have nev they don't understand the whole uh, concept of believers and uh, no Christian culture. So when people get saved, their thinking pattern is not changed. So what happens is that, well, if you have this, the Hinduism, Buddhism background, all of a sudden you come to church, you have an encounter, doesn't mean your thinking pattern changes. So we have to disciple them a lot of ways, the church Bible studies, uh, uh, church service, Somehow, we came to realization it's so good to reach whole Nepal, equip. And I believe that every church should have a Bible study. I believe that every church should have a school of ministry because we need to prepare the sense of God for the next generation. So, I remember being in the one leadership meeting way back then, and then this was the preacher asking, where was Jesus born? And this person was so quick to respond. He was born in Egypt. It was actually, I kind of thought that was good because it is not far from Israel. He did not say America or Africa, but, but did not make it right. So we have 124 language, languages. I don't speak. I only speak a couple of them. We have a lot of tribal groups. So we wanted to see every village, a church being established. Every home gospel being, uh, gospel being preached. So what we did is we started training uh, people. And th this is cool thing is that some of them, when you, know, you speak to them and you speak their life, they, God, they talk to God, the God starts speaking to them, and they go and become missionaries, national, native whatever term we use, they go to another language groups within Nepal or in India. Or we have a Tibet, because Tibetan Buddhism is very strong. So one of the things is we want to see every village being reached. Every church establishes in, uh, established in each village. This is Dines and Kopila. They, they were uh, in a Bible school. Later, they got married. They told us they wanted to be a missionary. 
In India, there are more than 30 million Nepali-speaking people. In Nepal, we are around 30 million. So they got the call of God. They went to move to a state called Chennai. And they were there last year at our leadership conference. And they told us that they, in the last three years, they have baptized over 100 people. This is Chandra. Never judged by pe people by their face, the outlook like David. You remember that? Prophet Samuel goes, is this the son? Is this the son? God says, no, no, no. Chandra came from a tribe called Praja. He speaks his own language. And then he went back and he started church. Actually, his church is really growing. One of the things I like to do is work with everybody that believe Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, believe in an immersion of baptism. So we do host crusade seminars, uh, meetings. We ask our friends to come and speak. Some of them we just speak, I speak by myself. Uh, I said, every village we want to see church plant. I'm happy you have a cars. I've not seen that type of life in America, but if you come, that's what you will experience. You might get one of those bus and, you know, go in. That's how we travel from one place to another. Hey, uh, if you look at those pictures, and this is from north, close to Tibet border. If you look their clothes, if you look their faces, they're so beautiful. And if you've been saying, God, I don't have this, I don't have that. If you just had a meal today, you just say, thank you, Lord. Because some of those kids get only one pair of clothes in the entire year. See, Sabina, James says the true religion is to take care of widows and orphans. A uh, lot of time you receive Christ. And, and your environment is so hostile against you, it's per, they, they persecute you. Uh, in October 10, 2017, they just passed a law, the conversion, um, anti-conversion law that uh, will take you three years in prison and it will be criminalized. Sabina's mom, she was the only believer in her village. They had the church nearby. And uh, she was kicked. Her husband kicked. Kicked her. Her father-in-law, mother-in-law kicked them. So the pastor called me and said, hey, we, I don't have anything. What should we do? And I said, only thing I can think of is she can stay at the orphanage. Maybe her mom can help food, you know, cook the food. We have two orphanages, over 95 children. 
we have a children that are, they come because um, uh, we have a Vijay and Sangeeta. Uh, both of them are there. When uh, Sangeeta was seven months, her mom could not handle life, so she took her own life. And uh, because her dad was drinking, eventually there was nobody to watch them, take care of them. Dad was totally drunk. It, he, became, he became so worse that he did not know where he was at that moment. He would be drinking all the time. So village people called orphanage. The police called orphanage. Nearby churches called orphanage. And uh, there is always process to go through, and then we brought them at the children's home. Every children that comes to us has a story, stories, a book they carry with them. Zange is the same way. Uh, some kids, and, you know, single mom, uh, did not even know she was working, she got drunk. Next day, she had a fight with somebody. Next day, she's dead. And the children tell the story of how their mom died, and they have nobody else. So look, local police, we get the local police papers verifying all these things. And that's how kids come to us. So basically, you can turn it off now, thank you. We have a different ministries beside that. We have a non-government organization. We work with the school. We work with a different thing, different project, humanitarian work, a uh, bunch of other things we do. Why do we do this? Why do we do? One thing I can tell you if you've been born again, somehow your heart doesn't settle. You know, because there is a fire of God comes in your bones. This is why we are in this here in the evening. You know, we could have sat in the home, put a firewood, and then just enjoy the snow. But that bone, the fire of God that just touches us. There are some heroes in the Bible. I just see a bunch of heroes, Abraham, you know, Jacob, uh, Isaac, Moses, Joseph, and you have these heroes like Elijah, Elisa, all the judges, prophets, and we look at them and say, wow, these guys are awesome, great. But and some of their end is really good, but some of their end is not that great as we see. For example, Abraham, Abraham and Sarah, when they're old, they get the promise and the promises that your children will be like a sand and the stars. But how many children did they have? And these guys walked in faith through the cloud, 
believing what God told them. Not wavering like the fog, not wavering, but they did believe what God promised them. Like Joseph, you see, he's, you know, he has a good beginning, wonderful home, raised well. All of a sudden, Joseph, what happens to the Joseph? Man, the brothers start mistreating. He doesn't get all, every clue of the picture, but he's been prepared. Favor of God is there. Hand of God is there. We read in the book of Genesis that Joseph, all of a sudden, does have no clue. Situation starts turning best, good, worse, prison. He's, he's fearing God. He's, he, he is like he's following God. He's staying away with the women. He's like doing everything. Why? What's going on? Is God not there? Where is God? And at the end, we see the victory. We watch some movies, whether some lot of movies, Christian movies in well. They are like wonderful. Wow. And we always are projected in a, in a way that, wow, if it is God's will, it's God's bill. Where in the Bible says that? And we hype the people instead of t taking them to that cross. And guess what? There's a guy called John the Baptist. And the first thing I'm going to tell you is that you are called. Book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 1. God promises the people, I'm going to send a messenger to prepare the way. And, and hey, guess what? Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah, who is a priest. And Elizabeth comes from the, uh, the Aaron's priesthood family, these both people. Guess what? What happens? They pray. And it says that in the Bible, God heard their prayers. But when God heard the prayers, we see when the, uh, Zechariah is inside the temple, and he's like scared with the angels, just vegetation. But Bible, we read in the Bible, Zechariah, said, I'm quite getting old. How can this be? My wife is in older age. How can this be? All of a sudden, Zechariah starts questioning God. And guess what happens? He says, you doubt you are not going to be able to speak for the next 10 months to a year. And when the, the John the Baptist is born, man, we know in the Bible he was given, he was told, I mean, El, you know, Elizabeth, even in the belly, he's filled with the Holy Ghost. And when Elizabeth meets Mary, he lived with the joy and the belly, even John the Baptist. It's moving inside the belly. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and John the Baptist is born. And the Zechariah starts praising God. Before I was born, you know, my, my, I came from Hinduism. I'm the seventh child in my family. 
and my da- dad had a dozen from my mother. He kept producing. He did not know the Old Testament commandment, but he did follow that verse, chapter, chapter 1, verse 26, 27. Multiply, dominion. He did multiply, even though he was not a believer. Anyway, what happened is that my dad, I was the first male child because they needed a male child in the Hinduism, and that's where my background is. Uh, and after, after six, I was the seventh, and, and they, they took to the Hindu priest, witchcraft doctor, and, and then this is what the doctor said, this witch doctor said to my parents, this, he is not going to worship your God. He's going to worship different God. Some of you are here, and like this morning when we saw the baby dedication, you know you are born because your parents believe God. Because you've been dedicated to God. Because you are not just here by accident. Whether you are from any other background or Christian background, my Bible says that God saw me in my mother's womb. But Psalm 139, he, he saw the way I was formed. You, you see the... Ephesians 1, chapter 1, verse 4, he saw me before the foundation of the world. Whether you believe it or not, I don't, what you need to understand is you are not here by accident. Regardless what type of birth you had, what type of background you had, how bad it was in your time and family, whatever question is coming in your head, this is what God you are, you and me were born like the John the Baptist because God knew who we, who we were before even we were born. And this is why I'm going to tell you, you are called and you are chosen. Look at the John the Baptist. He was, he was called before even he was born. Even the Hindu people did not know, the priests did not know, but God knew I was called. We have a people in Nepal come to the church because they had the dream of Jesus appearing, and then they come to the church sometime. And this is what you and me need to know when we have questions in ourselves and say, am I really called? Am I really chosen? I don't know what to do. I don't know how to speak. I don't know how to play music. Hey, we are called. It's not the work. It's not the appearance. But, we, you know, before the foundation of the earth, you've been called. You've been chosen. That's what you need to hear tonight. Second thing I want to tell you is you, you, you are ordained. You are ordained. And you are anointed. What happened with the John the Baptist? He was, what happened was this. Man, he was ordained and anointed from the day of his birth. 
If you read the Bible, you will possibly see and you will say, yes, he, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. In the, he, was, he had the same spirit that was given to Elijah. He would be used to turn the father's, uh, father's hearts to the children and children's hearts to the father. He would be one who, would be, who, would, who was able to say, look at the Lamb of God. He would tell the Pharisees out there, you vipers, you, you, and he would speak about the, uh, he, you know, did the baptism of repentance. He had the same boldness like Elijah had. He preached without fear. John the Baptist was such a mighty man of God that you can see that when he spoke, I don't know if we have a John the Baptist today in the pulpit, I don't know if we will ever invite again. Because you were shouting to the people. He was really preaching with a boldness because it was not, the, he knew the divine call. He was ordained and he started ministering and because he was anointed. When you are anointed, let me tell you something happens in you. And we all are anointed in the New Testament. Some of, some of you might be anointed for different offices, uh, of fivefold ministry, your calling. But in the New Testament, all the believers are anointed and called. This is why every, this is the body of Christ and every parts of the body need to be functioned in the church. So don't wait for the pastor to come and ask you what, if you can help this or so. You better use your, your calling and ask pastor, what can I help you with? Activate your calling. And this guy was anointed. I had a few years back, we had a massive, massive earthquake in Nepal, 2015. Some of you might have turned the TV off, so you might not hear any news. But those of you, those who have, uh, you know, iPhone or turn the news on, 8,900 people died. In our area alone, where the children's home was, 1,200 people died. I was in a place where I was struggling in, in the physical realm, spiritual realm, everywhere. I was totally struggling. And guess what? One night in the dream, this is what I heard the word, anointing will bring the resources. Guess what? When you and me come to the altar, go with God, and you know you are anointed. And I'm going to tell you that whatever you are looking for, your anointing that God has put on you is going to bring the resources. Because I was wondering how to build the church, children's homes and churches again, because we built and some of these were massive plants. And they all crumbled. But when God gave me that word in the dream, I didn't need to struggle anymore because I knew God was my provider. Of course, he would use the people as a resource. And I, after, I spoke in the, about the same thing, that dream I had, and started talking about anointing. 
And this is what John was. He was anointed. What, when you are anointed, what we, we, are, we are here on earth because we carry his kingdom. And when we carry his, in, in his, king, carry his kingdom, we carry his authority with us. And when he anoints us, the, the, the yoke of bondage are going to be broken. The chains that we see around binding people are going to be free because we function and we do our ministry under the anointing. You cannot do those things in human realm. We have a... I was <laughs> in the church, one of our church, a few months ago, and there comes a young girl in the church, and every time I kind of try to pray, she kind of leans back. Every time I try to pray, she leans back. And I kind of went more and prayed. She started manifesting. She started manifesting. She started saying, I know who you are, blah, 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 blah. And I knew all of a sudden this was not the spirit that's in her. This was a demonic spirit. We have a lot of people in Nepal where people are, are suppressed. They are really under the heavy stronghold of uh, enemy. So we, we started going after this. Say, in Jesus' name, you come out of this girl. And guess what happened? Literally, she fell down. And the spirit started going. Like she would like, crawl in her back with the hands and say, I'm leaving. 30 minutes later, we were supposed to have a lunch. 30 minutes later, again, what happened was, she's coming and laughing like, oh, ha, 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 ha. I'm like, what happened again? I knew that the spirit just came. We all the leadership, we all prayed and casted the leadership out. Whatever you are doing, whether you are leading your family, whether you are working your job, whatever you are doing, you cannot do it without the power of anointing and the unction from him. You cannot lead your family without the anointing because that's the only thing that breaks the chains. Third thing I'm going to tell you is the fight, the doubt, and discouragement. Let me tell you something. John was anointed. He was ordained. He knew that. But he started proclaiming the gospel. He started proclaiming the news. And Herod had taken his brother's wife. And John, what, what he did is, said that was sin. Because of big trouble, he ended up in a prison. It is a mighty man. Elizabeth knew. John's father knew. John knew who he was. He even said about himself that I am not even worthy to take the sandals of him. And John even heard in the baptism, let me tell you that, he heard the, from heaven, the heaven opened, dove came down and said, this is my son whom I'm glad. And John was the witness for this. This is a guy who saw signs, wonders, and miracles. But when he was taken into prison, he was in his lowest time of Joseph in a prison. Like Elijah in the uh, you know, mountain running away from uh, Ahab's wife. He was in his lowest point. I'm going to tell you, 
when we take the cross. And like this morning when the pastor gave these roses to this family, if you wash down, those roses had some thorns in it. And this is the year we will fight. You will fight with your, your doubt. You will fight with your discouragement. Because God has called you, you know that. Because God has ordained you, you know that. God has anointed you. And you will fight with your doubt and discouragement. There's no other way. There's no other way except saying in Jesus' name, I rebuke you, devil. Like Jesus doing to the Peter, you have a human mind. Whenever you walk away from the spiritual heavenly places and all of a sudden you start wondering how to fill these seats, you just need to say in Jesus' name because you will fight with your doubt and discouragement. One thing with the doubt and discouragement is this, that somebody says, Doubt is useful. It keeps faith a living thing. After all, you cannot know the strength of your faith until it has been tested. Billy Graham said this. The Christian life is not a constant high. I have my moments of deep discouragement. I have to go to God in a prayer with the tears in my eyes and say, Oh God, forgive me or help me. These are the men of God out there. Joshua. This is why God says, be courageous, Joshua. You look the Isaiah. Why in the world God says, be courageous. When Paul was about to come in front of the King Agrippa, angel comes and says, be courageous. Why? Because the doubt, discouragement hits everyone. You are not exceptional. It hits everyone. You are not exceptional. This is why I like the Bible. Bible does not portray that only the heroes that are successful, never fought anything. I like David. I like all these guys that have the, you see the failures in their life. And still God says, he's a man after my own heart. So this year, you will fight, doubt, and discouragement, regardless which angle it comes from. Remember this. What did Jesus say? Even though he was down there, and again, remember that John the Baptist was a mighty prophet. This guy was a mighty preacher. He was every. He knew everything. But still, he's still back in the mind of John the Baptist. He was waiting for the king to come. Because he knew Shabir would be this. If you read the book of Malachi, you, you see more prophecy about John the Baptist. He knew all this about him. But still, back in his mind, he was looking for real things. If Jesus was the king or not, he was way down there. Way down there. In 2018, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be the year of the Lord, and you will fight doubt and discouragement. Fourth thing I'm going to tell you is don't give up.
uh, I came from the family. Uh, my dad was a politician and which a doctor. What happened was this. A little later, I received Christ. We didn't have the school in our, in our place, in North Nepal. My dad knew somebody. My aunt lived in South Nepal. He had a friend. He took me to the store. And then I received Christ. Long story. My pastor that came to Christ, Prem Pradhan, he went to prison so many. He was the first missionary to Nepal, modern missionary. He came in 1950. And then what happened was this. He literally... He literally had a so rough time. So this is one of the poorest country, country on earth, Nepal. If you really look, it, people make a dollar a day or so. And when I was like seeing all his struggle he was going through, I said, no, Lord, I don't know if I want to serve God. But I didn't want And there were times when I kind of thought, literally, even though I started ministry when I was 15, I kind of thought, I might give up. But I'm so happy I'm standing before you today because I did not give up. Somebody says there, what I kind of like about this guy that we are enjoying the light, he said he, you know, he had to try 10,000 times. Some of us easily give up being in a worship leader or in a worship platform. Some of us easily give up serving somebody because we get disappointed or offended. We give up a lot of time easily because people say something. What if this guy that we are enjoying the light who discovered gave up so early? If when God calls you, there is a price to pay. Because that cross is not always a flowery, it's not going to be always a honeymoon. That cross is a, it's a foolishness to the world. John the Baptist, he was in a prison. He was in the lowest time. What did Jesus say? Among the born of women, this man is the greatest. And even all the, among the, all other lists can be like the John the Baptist. It's like Elijah. When he prayed not to rain for three and a half years, did not rain. But what does the Bible say in James? He was like one of us. I'm happy that I have a hope. I ha I'm happy you have a hope. Because we don't need to give up on our calling and on our anointing, on our future. Because he has a bright future. Because this is the year of the Lord that he is going to set people free. We are going to walk in a realm of a spiritual realm that where you and me, when we walk, demons are going to run away. That's what the disciples, if you see the... The, the, uh, the temple area in the book Acts, Acts chapter 3, you see the Peter walking and says, gold or silver I don't have, but whatever I have in Jesus' name, I give it to you. Stand and rise up. And I am believing that you will function in a realm where the God is going to use you and you will be able to say, in Jesus' name, stand up. We, I have not seen dead raised for a long time. And I'm believing that some of you are, who have been dead will be raised in your spirit tonight.
Every time we are down, Jesus is there, right there to exalt us. This is what I like about Jesus because he is not a Christian, just a religion. We talk about Christianity. He's a God who, who has, he's just my father. We got his DNA and he is with us. He's not God out there who not only sits with the Father, but He is there with me. Omnipresence, manifestation, He walks with me. And this is the year you will rise up and you will take your spiritual authority like Jesus walking and doing the miracles, signs and wonders as John the Baptist sent his disciples to take. And then Jesus said, tell him, limbs, walk, blind, See, and you will see people walk in this church. You will see blind eyes open spiritually, physically. You will see in your own life, God do wonders, signs, miracles. Because this is your ear. This is my ear. This is our ear. This is this church ear. This is Pastor Josh's ear. I'm believing for the miracles that I can see in my own eyes. Every day. We had the big meeting in Kathmandu. And let me tell you this. 2005, they declared Nepal as a... Uh, for 275 years, it was a Christian, no, Hindu nation. 2005, the Hinduism fell down. We had a civil wars for 10 years. And guess what? We took the state all the places. First time in our history. We, we had the biggest meeting we ever hosted. We had the, even the Ambulances from the hospital bringing the sick people. It was not us actually casting the demons out. It was the people that were volunteers. And some of the pastors said to me, we have never casted the demon in our churches before. But they were like so happy and excited because they were filled with the faith and they were casting the demons out. I don't know. Some of you possibly have stopped even praying for sick people because you don't have any more faith. And you need to rise up your faith this year. Some of you believe uh, just of this book. This is not just the book. This is a living book that speaks, that brings life. And you can use it. You can live with it. It's your bone. Your bone has to have a fire this year. And I'm going to challenge you to rise up and see this is your ear, regardless what enemy comes with the doubt and discouragement, regardless what the world comes with against you, and you will rise up. Take your authority, because the same anointing that was on Jesus, the same anointing that was on John the Baptist, the same anointing that was with the greatest man on earth, is on you. Because when I was a child, I would carry the chicken in my hand, take it to the priest, he will sacrifice you don't need to carry any more chickens because now you can go to the altar and holy of holy without any hindrances and use your authorities when you live in.
please rise up, uh, stand up, please. You got one thing, one word. This is your ear. This is your ear. And this is the men from all the way Nepal coming and confirming you that you've been called, you've been chosen, you've been ordained, you've been anointed. You've been, you've been, you need to fight with your doubt and discouragement. You, you, you can't give up. Remember this, Elijah said, Lord, not me. What did El Angel say? You have a long way to go. Some of you have tried to kill yourself. You have lost your salvation. You don't even walk in area anointing. Because now you just need to come to the Lord and, and get back with Him. Because you are not called to live in that pit. You need to come out of the enemy's camp. And you just need to declare the freedom that God has set on you. And, on, and function and under the anointing. Some of you have been called long time ago to be in the ministry, whether that's a tent-making marketplace, whatever that can be, and you have just given up. You can't quit. If you, you your father is uh, Jesus, your father is God, you are royal priesthood, you are ambassador, you represent heavenly kingdom on earth. An enemy has come and beat on you so bad that you think of... Nothing, and you have just beat yourself. You can't let enemy come and discourage you. And doubt, you can't let the doubt come and tell you who you are not. Who you are is what God's word has said about you.